You are listening to the Post-Atomic Horror Podcast with Ron Algar-Watt and Matt Robotham. Episode 50, covering Star Trek V The Final Frontier, with special guest Kevin Lynch. Uh, so here we are. Just watch Star Trek V. Ugh. I hate everything. Yeah, that was rough. Yeah, it was not. We we need to find a way to develop cloning technology so that we can download the entirety of Star Trek V into a clone body so that I can never stop punching it in the fucking face! (laughs) See, last week I thought you should do a a summary full of colorful metaphors, but it turns out this week was the week for you to just I just didn't have the fucking... And and an important thing to note about this movie is while we're watching it, we spent the last ten minutes humming Mario Brothers music. That's how entertaining it is. It was the only way we could get through. (laughs) Well, and the the thing is, I had to, you know, we all watch it separately first to do our summaries and our notes on that. And uh, that was the rough part. Like, people were like, really, you're exaggerating. This movie's not that bad. What's bad is I had to watch it by myself with no help. Like, we watched it together. At least we could do other things. We could talk, you know, we could make fun of it. By yourself, it's just the worst. This is the only time I've watched an episode for the show and left Twitter on. Yep. Because I could give a shit if I got distracted. Exactly. I actually have my summary written uh, maybe a third of the way into it. I had to do it in 20-minute shifts. It's just rough. All right, let, let's, like let's in, launch into uh, the... No, sorry, go hmm? no I, go I like in Matt's notes, there's just a huge string of curses in capital letters, and then it's like, God damn it, fuck, 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 I hate this. Huh, wish I had a pie. <laughs> well, yours yours was like that, too, actually. Yours says, I wonder how I'm my looking for the actual is <laughs> Oh, yeah, 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 this is it. God damn it, fuck, 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 this fucking fuck, 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 this to the fucking fuck, I hate you, I hate you, this fucking fuck. Really, Chekhov? I hate you. <laughs> I just, I tried to keep it professional, but even then, there's a long stretch of about 20 minutes that isn't summarized where I just, like, I, I don't even have words. Yeah, that's when I was just like, uh, yeah. Yeah. Just see what's right, happening well, in the old uh, paper here. <laughs> Russell, Russell. <laughs> All right, uh, Matt, why don't you start? Fine. Okay, so somewhere in space, Vulcan Jesus meets up with Sloth from the Goonies, and they decide to steal a starship. Meanwhile, on Earth, the Enterprise crew is all on vacation, or in Scotty's case, wanking about on the new ship. They get a signal to go and save some kidnapped hostages on Nimbus 3, the home of Universal Peace and the most ironic planet in the galaxy! There, they use a leather puppet, I mean Uhura, to distract the retarded terrorists, or whatever the fuck they are, so that they can swoop in and save the hostages. But the whole thing screws up. Vulcan Jesus, who turns out to be Spock's brother that he always has, who says he has them's fighting words. They capture the Enterprise and go off to the center of the galaxy where no man has gone before, except that the Enterprise has been there so many fucking times it gets a free soda on its next visit. Anyway, they get to the center of the universe, meet God, who isn't actually God, but some beardy head that lives on the planet. It kills Vulcan Jesus. More irony! What a great movie! And then the Enterprise goes home. Oh, and there's some Klingons for no reason whatsoever. Fuck this! All right, Flonk, how about you? We start out with Kirk climbing the Paramount logo, and that pretty much sets the stage for the rest of this movie, full of terrible improv, on this cheap special effects, and a notable lack of Sulu. 
the broken down Enterprise and its wacky malfunctions go to some stupid junk town and someone's grandmother did a sexy fan dance and I died a little inside. We see that Mares has fallen on hard times after leaving the service and Kirk is told, told that Vault 15 is about four miles east. There we meet Cybok, a Vulcan who has emotions. Oh, and he's also Spock's brother that he always all the time had who told you any different. There's Klingons for no apparent reason, sadly not played by Emo Phillips or Gallagher. Cybok takes a page out of Kirk's book and steals the Enterprise and takes it to the mystical land of Hanali in the center of the galaxy. Now, the original Enterprise was always hanging out on the edge of the galaxy, so it's reasonable to assume that's roughly where they are now. A few years from now, the USS Voyager will get stuck all the way on the other end of the galaxy. It will take them 75 years to get home. Okay. So 37 years later, the Enterprise arrives in the center of the galaxy, where the most shatastic scene in a movie that is basically a two-hour-long ego trip, Kirk backsasses God, and then Spock gets punished for it. God damn it, Shatner. See, now, a few people have asked me why we're doing multiple recaps, why all three of us are recapping the movie. The reason is, you guys covered a lot of the same ground, but you made different jokes, and this movie deserves that. It deserves to be kicked by Matt's foot and then by <laughs> Flonk's foot. It doesn't just deserve one set of insults. It needs three, and now here are mine. Every five or ten years, I pull this movie off the shelf thinking, this can't possibly be as bad as I remember it being. I mean, it's Star Trek, right? And then I watch it and experience the pain all over again. And then I put it back on the shelf, knowing full well that I'm just going to go through all this again in another half decade or so. And while we do have a lot of fun here at the Post-Atomic Horror, I do feel that it's our duty to inform you that, yes, it is as bad as everyone says. Worse, maybe. It's not just the script is trying way too hard to channel the lighter comedic tone of the previous movie to the point of becoming a campy self-parody of a farce. It's not just the Shatner, who had never directed a feature film before, never mind a sci-fi film in which he was required to be on screen quite a lot of the time, was in charge. And it's not just the thing has clumsy production values of a straight-to-video film of the same era. It's all of these things, and so much more. Hey, did you know Spock had a brother? Did you know God lives in space? Did you know Uhura and Scotty were dating? Well, now, like all of us, you can never unknow these things. Now fetch Daddy his Star Trek pain bucket. <laughs> Yeah, that is the bucket. You know what's bad? We have to down. haul out the bucket again. I try to use that sparingly because really nothing has hurt that badly since Plato's stepchildren, but <gasps> I think this is worse. I think it's worse because our expectations were higher. Mm-hmm. Like I season mean, that three was of, just an episode. This is a fucking movie. Well, yeah, and season three was not great, and it's like, okay, well, the things are just getting bad. They don't have a budget. They don't have all the good writers. It's going to suck. Whereas this, they were really on a stretch. This, they were really they had, like... yeah. Four good Two, movies. Three and four, which is great. Yeah. And, and even one was, was not terrible. No, even, but even if you mm -hmm. throw out one and say it's not great, two, three, and four were awesome. And you've yep. got Harv Bennett doing the story, who made all the good movies. You've got yeah. Shatner directing, who in theory has been doing this for, you know, however many, 20 years at this point. Like, yeah. he should know a thing or two about Star Trek. And it, no, no, it didn't. No. Ugh. The, the the main thing, the really the main thing that jumps out at me, yes, it's a bad script and all that, but the primary thing to me is the budget. It looks so low budget. They had a lot less money than they, they typically had. They didn't have ILM. And in the hands of an artful director, they could have worked around that. But because Shatner just didn't know what he was doing. It just... <clears throat> in Shatner's clumsy meat palms. Yeah, exactly. Whereas, you know, Harv Ben or uh, uh, what, what's his name? Nick Meyer. Mm -hmm. Had like a fraction of the budget of the motion picture for for Wrath of Khan, and he made it work because he's good. Yep, he he yeah, pulled he it all off with you know almost nothing. Whereas this just uh, so it really does look like a Roger Corman movie from around the same era. I feel like even with a big budget, Shatner would have fucked this up. 
oh yeah, but at least it would have been visually interesting if mm. nothing else. Like that's like the thing the about the motion movies. picture. Yeah, I mean, exactly. Like, or the motion picture even. Like boring movie but pretty. But I mean like there's there's scenes in this where all all they have to do is film beautiful expanses of the outdoors. Like the opening when they're in Yosemite yeah, the Park. Mountain climbing thing. And yeah. it still looks like shit. It looks fake and they're on location. There's there's no reason for that. There's no effect. Yeah. It's just it's location. I mean, I don't care how much money you throw at Shatner. It, stuff is going to continue to look crappy. Well, that is true. Oh. But I, I don't know. I mean, that that's part of it. That's the thing a lot of people forget. They think, oh, it's just written and directed badly. But it also just feels so cheap. Mm-hmm. It feels like an episode of the show only done in the 80s. Yeah. Ugh. And it shouldn't. I think movies... the, the Romulan chick's ears were like that off color that Spock's ears were sometimes. Like... <laughs> yeah, they didn't even match the skin See, tone. They I just... never even noticed the Romulan chick's ears. I thought they were covered by hair or that stupid hat or something. No, you, you saw them a couple of times. The Romulan chick that we're talking about is just some sort of cute Asian chick who says she's a Romulan. Yeah, but... she's some Asian with pointy ears, and she's like, yeah, yeah. I'm a Romulan. Yeah, and the thing is she pulls off this um, this breather thing at the beginning, and I'm pretty sure there's helium in Hello, it. Hello, Mr. Spock! <laughs> <laughs> Perhaps you would like to stare at my upside-down ponytail! Well, that was the style of the time. By which I mean 1989, not the 23rd century. Yeah, they're just... Uh, everything about it is a misstep. There's so little that works here. There's literally before... two good scenes in the entire two-hour movie. Yep. Yeah, and none of them take place on the ship. Well, the one kind of I don't know, what, what's, which... What's, what's your second one? I the, know the first one is the camping. The first one's camping, and the second is uh, the scene where... Uh, Cybok, um, his weird mind control that makes no sense involves oh, right. you right. embracing your pain and then you do whatever he says for some reason because that's a thing that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And you see a flashback from your past play out visibly for everyone else. Yeah, that your friends everyone... can walk around in. Yep. And uh, the, the McCoy uh, uh, his uh, involves his sick father and he had to, you know, pull the plug on him and then turns out there's a cure found for his sickness like a week later and it's a really good scene because you know yeah i agree awesome. yeah. and um it's a lot of that is deforest kelly but it's actually not badly conceived like no. the, whoever wrote that actually did a decent job yeah yeah no that, that that's a good scene and then yeah when they're yeah. camping there's 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 nice moments there and then the rest of it is just running and jumping well, the thing is, my <laughs> oh yeah, there's a, there's a quote in uh, uh, Wikipedia and possibly in Memory Alpha and elsewhere that comes from uh, Nimoy, where he says uh, Bill really embraced what he liked best about Star Trek, which was running and jumping, <laughs> and that really shows. That's what he's enthusiastic about, because there is more physical action. Yep. It's bad, but there there is more an element of you know, running around, running, and punching jumping, guys climbing and stuff. trees, putting on makeup while you're up there. Um, right. Yes. I'm not sure where that came from, but right. Exactly. And that's pretty much the only reason why the Klingons were there, because you can't punch God as much as we would like no. to. Yeah. And he doesn't even get an action scene with them. They just sheepishly apologize. I'm sorry. <laughs> that's Jeff. what Klingons are known for. Like an honorable warrior does. I'm sorry for what i done. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm trying to find... Let's, let's try to at least, for, for the, the early part of this, try to think of what was good. Okay. Like that... The, the the opening camping scene was genuinely fun. Uh-huh. It's the three of them. They should be on leave doing, you know, with their families, like they say, but they have each other because they're kind of sad and that's what they have. Yep. 
And of course, Spock keeps cool, marshmallows man. in his pocket for secret eating. <laughs> There's a weird thread about marshmallows that makes absolutely no sense. Where well, it's the bones... future, you see, and he's an alien, so he doesn't know what marshmallows are. He calls them marshmallows. Get it? Yeah, and the, you guys were saying the deleted scene was Bones changing the computer to trick Spock. <laughs> that just doesn't seem like him at all. I, I believe that he fucks with him, but that is not his sense of humor. I, that just is dumb. I remember when I was, like, a little kid back in, God, 1992 or something. Uh, mm, we were... The year I graduated, yes. Yes. Uh, I, oh, yes, when we were small children. Yes. Right. Uh, so I was going old. to the Vancouver Star Trek convention with, like, my best friend at the time. And we were going right. to watch, uh, we were going to watch Star Trek flick before, like the night before. And we, w- we watched Star Trek five cause I'd never seen it and he had all of them and we no. never got past the marshmallow scene because he just kept rewinding no. it and watching it again <laughs> and laughing hysterically. It's the only good bit. No, not the marshmallows, but the, I am attempting, I am attempting to roast a marshmallow. Hysterical oh. laughter. Rewind. Wow. Yep. Well, I guess I guess that joke landed for someone. Uh huh. No, the, the, the comedy no in that friends. bit actually works. <laughs> <laughs> the comedy in, in that bit genuinely works for me. It feels like they know the dynamic, they understand the characters. That was pretty cool. But then once they get on the Enterprise, it's like show a little fucking respect. No more goofing around. Yeah. You're on the Enterprise now. Yeah. That's great out in the woods, but come on. But no, you got fucking uh, everything's busted. <laughs> Yeah, you that's got... the running gag, is that the Enterprise A is new and it's not completely together yet, and Scotty's running around fixing all the broken stuff. Mm-hmm. You've got Shatner with his, uh, with his shirt with a witty uh, slogan printed on it, uh, because oh, those will still yeah. exist in 200 years. Well, yeah, there's yeah. Uh, there's one Ferengi living in uh, Yosemite selling shitty t-shirts to people. See, I believe that, because those uh, those national parks would, would be full of grubs. Yep. Like, he'd have free food there. I think uh, I think he'd be set. Ah, human. You like funny saying? I have I have three wolf moon shirt. (laughs) Go climb a rock. Sold. That's just what I want to own. The uh, the only problem there is they don't have money. So Uh, mm. as clearly established in four, they don't have money. Well, he wasn't a particularly bright Frankie. Well, yeah. I I don't know. I'm trying to like. I don't understand. I have all this product and no profit. What's going on? This should have worked perfectly. (laughs) I'm, I'm trying to focus Where's on my yamak sauce. <laughs> well, I'll trade you some self-stealing what self-stealing stem bolts for those <laughs> three cases of wool shirts though. and some self-stealing stem bolts. <laughs> <laughs> I really am trying to focus on the good stuff at first, though. Like, what else was there? There was the like you say the 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 pain scene. I like when a doctor's backstory sort of involves like the tragedy of not being able to save someone they love. Like they did that with uh, Beverly, as I recall too. I think there was a bit where she couldn't save uh, her husband. <laughs> And it's, you know, that's a, that's a pretty powerful thing for a doctor. That works for me. And, you, and of course, she could, never, was... she could never cure Wesley sucking. <laughs> yeah, well, even in the future, there's still no cure for that. For Will, for Will Wheaton. <laughs> um, but uh, the, the, then Spock's thing was just kind of half-hearted. Like, he remembers being born, I guess. I actually kind of buy Spock, of all people, remembering he was born. No, because he wouldn't this time, because yeah. this Spock wasn't. You know, oh, yeah, that's right. on Genesis. So he, how would he remember? Damn it. He's got all the memories that uh, McCoy was holding for him. Uh, I suppose. It's Spock, actually Bones' birth. It's just Spock got mixed up. Spock, I remember <laughs> you being born. It was weird. Yeah. I've seen your mother's vagina. It's not pleasant. Of course, it wasn't the first time. 
Speaking of unpleasant women, I suppose we need to talk about Uhura. You want to talk about insulting and lack of dignity. Jesus. Yeah. Uh, Well, I mean, this movie, like, when you mention it to people, sort of casual Star Trek fans, the first thing they say is, oh, Uhura's fan dance. Yeah. No one ever forgets that. Well, burn into my brain. I can't unsee it now. Our, our pal Pablo on Twitter, like, oh, Uhura's fan dance, huh? Like, that's that's the first thing he went to. It's like, no, 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 no. Oh, you, man, you, remember Uhura's fan dance? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, you, th- you think it's going to be awesome because you're remembering well, Uhura. You're not looking at her. She was quite an attractive lady through the series, even in yeah, the first was. couple of movies. But by this point, they decided to run with the age thing, which is fine. They are getting older. They gave her gray hair, which, you know what, I'm, I was okay with that. Because they are getting older, at some point you need to stop denying it and just embrace it. Yep, but she settled for Lord knows her boyfriend is certainly doing that. Yeah. But you can't have it both ways. You can't have acknowledge that she's getting old and also still play up the sexy man. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to pick one. Oh, and adding insult to additional insult. Like, <laughs> they ha- she, she had a musical number. Which they dubbed yeah. over when they edited it. Yeah, when she's doing the fan dance, she's singing. She's serenading. Because, guys yeah, Michelle Nichols was always singing on the original series. Yeah, so, yeah. and she really was. It's, you know. Well, she had like a second uh, career as a singer. Yeah, which is cool, but uh, not her apparently. Nope. But no, Shatner decided to dub okay. that over with somebody else. Uh, was that Shatner's call, really? Or was uh, it, uh, I buy it. Sure. <laughs> Twist that knife. I see no reason why it wouldn't yeah. be. Well, and there's, there's of course, Sulu... Um, the two scenes that he really has, one, um, and, and this will come up in the quotes, so I don't want to kind of overplay it, but one, it, you know, sort of uh, violates the basic premise that he's a good navigator. Mm-hmm. And the other, when he's piloting the shuttle back to the ship, they basically imply that he doesn't know what he's doing and he's going to kill them yep. all. Like, Sulu apparently sucks at his job. Yeah. That's that's what I got from this movie. If this was the only Star Trek movie I saw, I'd say, well, what's the big deal about Sulu? He's not very good. Yep. He's the worst. I mean, that Chekhov yeah. guy at least got to be captain. Oh. He must be pretty good, right? <laughs> yeah, so no. they decide to distract Cybok by putting a commando team together and meanwhile having Chekhov pose as the captain of the Enterprise. Some of that works, but uh, usually it's Scotty who's supposed to be doing that, not not Chekhov. Well, they couldn't get a clear Boy. shot of him on the camera. <laughs> well, <laughs> you really you really have to back the camera out to like the orbit of <laughs> the next planet to to get that. <sighs> these were these these jokes were funnier when James Doohan was alive and didn't yeah, die. Of and then we didn't realize that. Yes, we were <laughs> didn't die of in. everything. Yeah, diabetes and Alzheimer's and seven other things. Yeah, those, di- those fat jokes are great until you realize that was the start of type two diabetes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, now it's just kind of sad. Oh, way to bring it down. Well, you know, that's the thing. At the time, we were all laughing at it, but now it's like, oh, I made myself sad. <laughs> yeah, the bends at one point. <laughs> the thing is, <laughs> the thing is, I think Uhura could do better. Like they're supposed to be dating. Mm-hmm. I think you know. I think Uhura could do better, and he was a, a degradating influence on her. Yeah, that's probably that's probably. It theoretically wrong. hasn't been that long since Star Trek Four. Yeah. And just like, bam, old age hit her like a ton of bricks. I guess that's what sex with doing does. <laughs> oh, no, we're talking about the characters, not the actors. Mm-hmm. Sex with Scotty. Sex with doing was amazing. Trust me. <laughs> just, just trust me, all right? Look, I, don't, don't ask me why I know. Just go with this. Yeah. She makes There's him a... wear the sombrero during it. <laughs> oh, <it's> 
he knows this shit like the back of his hand. Tong, ay, ay, ay. Ay, no me gusta. <laughs> There's a, there's, a, there's a line where someone says there's a priority seven situation in the neutral zone, which to me just sounds like someone who's never seen Star Trek before and tries to write a line that sounds like Star Trek. Yep. Oh, so, so Shatner. Yep. Well, yeah, exactly. I, I'm consistently shocked by how a man who has been doing this as long as he has has no idea how any of it works. I don't think he was paying attention. I think he showed up and read his lines, or well, counted his lines, then read his lines and left. <laughs> that was it. I don't know. I, I, I'm just... Uh... I don't even know. We... I, I think Cybok is a good idea for a character. It's just oh, yeah. done very not as, poorly. Not as Spock's brother, though. Mm, yeah. Spock having a brother if that Spock, we never if, knew about. Is, if he had know. mentioned once that like he had a brother that he didn't get along with or something. Mm-hmm. And then they, they saw that and they're like, oh, yeah, what's wrong with that? But yeah, yeah, the fact that yeah. it's very obvious that until this point he never had a brother. Yep. Well, and it's very obvious that Sarek generally only has sex with human women. There's and, uh, you know. Cybok should be half human. Maybe that explains the emotions. Could be. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, he can embrace the other side, I suppose. I don't know. Again, trying to focus on the positive first before we just completely get the claws out. I, the music was good. It was better than in four. Yeah, it was. I love the TNG theme, and you heard that a lot in this movie. Listen. Yeah, and well, listen. The thing about the thing about that is, Next Gen was on the air at this point. I don't actually think that was a good choice. Yeah. Like, I like the music, but. I think to establish that they're two separate things was important at this yep. point, and they just didn't. They really should have gone back to something more classic sounding. But again, it's, you know, in and of itself, it's good music. Oh, yeah. And the guy who wrote it is good, and it's good theme, and so forth. It just, well, he uh, was at the time. sleeping his way mm-hmm. through, because he reused that, because um, it was Jerry Goldsmith who did the first movie. And right. so he reused that, and he reused the uh, the Klingon theme, the uh, the yep. creepy drum music. Uh... Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Which is cool, but it's like, you already used that. Yeah. But no, that was that was good. I mean, really, the the production value really made it seem like there should be like one of those cheap Casio tone, like uh, Roger Corman, or even like a John Carpenter type uh, soundtrack. Just that terrible, you know, Karen Carpenter soundtrack. Dang. Yes, Karen Carpenter. <laughs> exactly. Uh, I think that's it, though, as far as the good stuff. I think that I can't think of anything else that really. Yeah, that's faint worth... praise going on there. Jesus. Well, no. I'm really trying. I'm, I'm trying um, to find the, you know, find the gold before we really just wade into the shit. There were Klingons, and Klingons are cool. Uh, and the Klingons looked good, because by this point, Next Gen had clearly established what, what the heads look like and what the outfits yeah. look like, and so forth. Ship look, the Klingon ship looked nice, sometimes. Sometimes. <laughs> um, David Warner was at it. the end. Yeah, yeah, he did do that. Yeah, David Warner is always I mean, good to see. Mm-hmm. I like that guy, and he'll be better in six, fortunately. But uh, and then in uh, Chain of Command, mm-hmm. and then <laughs> seven other Star Trek episodes he probably yep. did. But no, that was good. Um, any anything else at all? I hate this movie. No, uh, I'm looking up David Warner right now, so no. <laughs> <laughs> Very well. Okay, well then let's let's uh, let's get to uh, tearing it the fuck. Fuck apart. this movie! God damn it! Matt, why don't you... Uh... I just... Oh, every fucking stupid non-landing jo- The complete disrespect they have for any of their fucking characters who have been around forever. Just... <sighs> so do you feel like they were written out of character? Uh, for the most part, think... yeah. I mean, Sulu... You know, the the the, the, the secondary guys definitely were. Yeah. Like Sulu, Hurachekov... Sulu like, wasn't none of those just guys... written out of character. He was, he was just written, written out of the script. movie. He had nothing to do. 
Well, that's true. But that's that's true of most of the movies. What did he have to do in two? Nothing. Yeah, but at least they covered it. Be- like they covered him not doing anything better. Well, that's this true. is just like up Sulu wandering past him. Like Sulu, they basically Sulu made this very little time. Like they basically Sulu made like, wandering the around with his best friend Chekhov. Oh, well, yeah. Now that Sulu really only gets one good moment to shine in any of the movies, and that's in the next one when they finally give him his own show. Yeah, but otherwise he's just kind of there because we got to get as many of the crew back together as we can. But there's really no reason. Mm-hmm for him to be there but in six he actually has something to do and it's nice but here not at all Chekhov is a joke like usual Uhura's just terrible Scotty's yep. terrible it's Bones always is okay but that's Bones just, is, Bones. yeah What's that? it's always weird how Chekhov gets stuff to do when he's not the best character well, and like in two really, he I, also had like a pretty big role yeah. but he's, yeah. he's shut up and in Chekhov, four away. now that you mention it I mean it was <laughs> shitty but like he had he was on camera a lot yeah, as as Gav called it, uh, his com- comedic death. Mm-hmm. Like where he slipped on a banana peel and fell off the ship. <laughs> <laughs> and then we listened to Yakety Sax for twenty minutes while uh, army guys chased yep. him. Yep, in fast motion. <laughs> and of course, nuclear vessels. Uh, but here is eh, just like, like a, go away. Well, I am yeah, Honestly, we'll we'll cover this next week. But uh, six is really w- the first time I realized that I hated Chekhov. Like. Because I watched that movie and I kind of it first dawned on me who he was mm-hmm. and what he, like I hadn't really watched the series at that point and they just threw all the horrible comic relief lines to him in that movie yep. and that's sort of retroactively I hated him through the series once I well, saw. Well, it's that. been good to see, go through the series and be all like, "Yep, we were right to hate Chekhov." Yeah, because there's a lot of things we. You're right. We've we've gone back and said, "Okay, we were wrong. We assumed incorrectly, and now we yep. know." But no, I still hate Chekhov. Oh, uh, with um stuff that we like, going through my notes. And uh, in the mm-hmm. brig, there's a sign on the toilet that says, do not use this while in space dock. I like that. <laughs> you think there's some guy out there, like, cleaning the ship? And like, oh, God, yeah, exactly. no! There's just a small little port, and it's like, they kept, what is the stain on the window every time it should Oh. <laughs> no! We need to, really need to put up a sign. No, and see, that kind of stuff, I think you can, you can lay on the Akutas, because I think those guys yeah. did the... Uh, they did the production design for Next Gen, and by this point, they were on board with the movies, and they 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 like those little touches, those mm. little background things. I think that was that was them. That's not Shatner. The no smoking sign on the bridge that Roddenberry hated. Yep. Yeah. Well, nope. that's the thing. That usually your rule of thumb is if Roddenberry hates it, it's a good idea. But he even hated this. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, it wasn't that's subtle enough for him. <laughs> yeah, he looked at it like, wow, you guys are being really broad. You should tone it down a little. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so Cybok, who okay, you're right. Maybe there's a core of a good idea there. For the most part, yeah, not it's, pulled it's, off it's very a Vulcan well. who who rejects Vulcan philosophy. And he's kind of like a charming cult leader. Like that, that's a good idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anytime, anytime they they broaden our idea of an alien race and make us realize that every single person in a race is not exactly the same. That's always nice. yeah. When we see a Ferengi that doesn't care about money, when we see a Klingon that doesn't care about honor, like it's it's, it's nice to see that, but. It wasn't done very well here. The thing is, and you guys, I, this is one of those I'm an old man things, but really, in the late 80s, all the televangelist crap had happened. All the, you know, like, all these scandals with uh, uh, Jimmy Swaggart and Jim Baker and all those guys. And so everyone had to write a scathing satire of, of cult leaders and, and televangelism and crap. And by this point, I remember it was so played out already, and there's nothing new added here. It's just another guy who wants to meet God, and it's a bad idea. Yay. Great. Good. Well done. 
just not really worth it. I mean, seriously, every yeah. movie back then did that, Ugh. and it was not good at all. I don't even. But only one has stood the test of time. <sighs> yeah, Star Flip, Trek Five. Oh, oh. <laughs> I just, like, and it—they never explain like why Cybok is looking for God, or why even a Vulcan believes in God. Like, or what the god dude's deal is? Yeah, like, like he's an alien. I guess yeah, they just go just to a space giant and meet... evil head. Yep. They yeah. go to fucking space and meet Beard Zordon. It fucking is ridiculous. <laughs> and okay, so they got to go to the center of the galaxy, which, as Flunk correctly points out, should be millions of years away, and um, especially using technology that's you know a hundred years older than what Voyager was using. Um. But they go to the the absolute center of our galaxy, and there's a perfect Class M planet with a breathable atmosphere there. Like, wow, that's that's not going to do much for human arrogance. Which nope. looks suspiciously like uh, the planet of galactic peace that they were on earlier. Yep. <laughs> yes. Way to save night. money on the budget check. Oh, God. Yeah. And everyone is and so impressed. Only it's purple by instead of brown. Stupid fucking planet that looks like every other goddamn. Yeah, you get all those reaction shots. To. You, the music swells like something important's happening, and again, that guy's pretty good, so the music's pretty convincing. Oh, and they do—they do the big push in uh, where, where uh, they've got the, the big uh, ship's wheel in the middle of, of their fake ten yeah. forward, and uh, Shatner puts his hand on on a little plaque and looks down at mm-hmm. it, and then the, the camera zooms in where no man has gone before. Every and man the, ever the music has swells been, up has been oh, here. You were yep. here earlier. <laughs> Also, uh, apparently Shatner at one point wanted, when they put this on DVD or Blu-ray, one of those, um, he wanted to do like a George Lucas special edition where he could go clean up the effects and all. And Paramount said, uh, you want $15 million? No. Oh, for Star Trek? F- I don't remember what the exact amount was, but it was a huge amount to go back well, and clean it up was, the movie. It was when, yeah, it was when the special edition DVDs came out. Because they did it with, with the was. first one. They, they recut it. They mm-hmm. made the director's cut, which is... Yeah, but they didn't, they didn't really add any CG or anything. No, but they cleaned it up. Yeah, that's fine. But no, he wanted to completely change all the effects and like make it, you know, like what it should have been when ILM couldn't uh-huh. help them. Well, oh. and they're like, no. And I just imagine he would have uh, he would have inserted a green neon arrow pointing <laughs> to the where no man has gone before plaque, <laughs> just because he didn't call enough ding, attention. Ding, ding, to ding, ding, ding. Yeah, look, look, look. He actually, plays the uh, opening thing from the TV show. <laughs> but yeah, I just I don't. I don't get what the God guy's deal was. They never explained it. He's just an angry, angry head. head man. Yeah, who then they shoot a torpedo at and kill. Because that's guess. how you kill God. Them around for a while, and then yeah. <laughs> and Cybok jumps inside of him and starts wrestling himself. <laughs> get it? God. Get it's it? a metaphor. Is it? I don't think that counts as a metaphor. It's something all right. It's terrible is what it is. They try to copy the Star Wars bar scene again, again. like they keep doing, and they get it wrong again. Of course, they just on the super ironically named Nimbus 3, the planet of Galactus Peace, where Which is everybody sh- hates Paradise each other. City. Paradise City, yeah. where the desert is brown and the girls are creepy. <laughs> <laughs> and we did have a cat lady, as you point out. Maras apparently has fallen on hard times and grown an extra yep. breast. I guess she's a fan of uh, Total Recall. She's like, oh, I could get that surgery. Fine, take. There's, there's a bit. You no, know, girls fighting. with two breasts are making this much money. <laughs> well, logically, yeah. Like the, I, I like the implication that maybe she has six, and you, she's just only revealing the first, the top three. Like maybe there's three more uh, under that. 
then she'd be like a cat. Like that's Oh, now I feel even worse about this piece of shit. When they got stepped on the tail. Uh, here's the thing. There's a fight, um, and I'm going to actually drop the sound in here because I want people to hear this. Um, there's a fight with this cat lady when they show up at the bar. And this is clearly, in fact, I'm going to drop, first I'm going to play the sound effects during the fight here. Then I'm going to play you the beginning of James Brown's I Feel Good. And you tell me if that's the same sound. It sounds exactly the same to me. And I might be wrong, but I usually have a pretty good ear for this kind of thing. So you, you guys let me know. So, and that, that just seems like a, a, a lazy Foley artist. Yep. Like, uh, we need a scream. Well, I got this CD here. That's good enough. I'm sick of putting in Wilhelm screams. Yeah, exactly. I'm going to use the James Brown scream instead. Um, I hate it, I hate it, I hate it, I hate it. Well, be specific. We can't just say <clears throat> fuck for an hour. You gotta... There says you! Scene, <laughs> there's the scene where they were running around in the corridors of the Enterprise D. Yeah. Yeah. I, they're very clearly reusing sets. And you know what? That's a good way to save money. If the, if the show's already on and your movie doesn't have much money, like, that's all right. Yeah, I got no problem it with didn't, that. But at least make them look better. It didn't match the bridge. Like, it was clearly no, a different didn't. ship. Yep. Yeah. No, and, and honestly, overall, design-wise, I think they tried way too hard to sort of bridge the gap. Like, it looked too much like the Enterprise-D, whereas there's still about 75 years to go. There should be some in-between parts. Mm-hmm. It looks like sort of this is the next version, and then the next one will be the D. Like, there should be a lot more in-between. Yeah, well, there's the at D. least two more ships in-between. So yeah, exactly. Three more ships, rather. Yeah. Um, yeah, the, the Enterprise-C and a half. <laughs> Not much happened with them. Um there is the fact I that they're riding unicorns for some reason. Yeah, you had to point that out to me. I didn't catch that. I thought they were just riding horses, but apparently they glued little, yeah, uh, they glued horns, little on horns on all of them. Shatner wanted yeah. the horns to be much bigger so that it looked all mythical and shit, and Roddenberry's like, we're not doing that. Yeah, Roddenberry had no, no say at this point, though. <laughs> this, apparently really that was the only thing Roddenberry is the guiding influence where everyone's like, why weren't you listening to him? That's never happens. <laughs> why are we agreeing yeah. with him? Although to be to be totally fair, to go back to that point a minute about him not liking this movie, he also didn't like six. Yep, well, he hated six, six. He, and he hated two. So, well, there you go. Yeah, exactly. But I mean, six particular. Like I remember in my uh, the 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 dorky chronology book that I have, it says uh, Gene actually would like you to think that five and six are not like part of official canon, and everyone obviously says, "Well, fuck off." Oh, is that what the, Gene wants? Oh, yeah. well, that's too bad. Especially six, but you know what? This movie did happen. It's yep. terrible, but it exists, and we have to. We have it to has happened. I saw it happen. I watched it happen. <laughs> Don't tell me it didn't happen. Man, I wish I could go to the center of this movie and drop some some what is it? Red matter. <laughs> I flunk. I'm and just Nero. watch it implode. Yes. Ugh. Hi, Cybok. I'm Nero. <laughs> terrible. The the plan that they use with the fan dance. Where it's like let's you know let's let's break into the Paradise City where the et cetera et cetera seems like it was conceived by an eight year old. Yep. Okay, so the lady gets naked and then we take their horses and then we dress up as the bad guys because like, you know what the really? you know what the one thing that bad guys can't can't get enough of is boobies. Yeah, and they can't tell their own guys from total strangers. She's naked. Look, she's naked. Yeah. Completely naked. They, naked. They kept saying that. Let's go look at the naked nakedness. 
Uh, it's naked time. <laughs> and then they just, as soon as they get into the city, they just stop and Spock starts waving his tricorder everywhere. And Yep. What are you doing? It's, it's so yeah. dumb. Mm-hmm. No, and, and I think, Flunk, you pointed out that a couple of times they, they go through these giant grand plans to do something and it doesn't make any difference yeah. at all. Everything just goes back to the way it yep. was in the next scene. They, they get yeah, they, captured like 15 times in this fucking movie. The, yeah. the scene we were talking about before with with, uh, with McCoy's, uh, you know, where, where Cybok is trying to mind control everybody. And then mm-hmm. um, Kirk's just like, no, I'm not going to do it. And and Spock's just like, and McCoy, they're just like, huh, yeah, that's a good point. I guess I'm not going to be mind controlled. And then yeah. two minutes later, Kirk is back in charge of the Enterprise. Like it, it, yeah, he has he has some flip line like uh, Captain. Okay, needs a well, ship. yeah, we're here. Let's do it by the book. Like, first of all, you don't do anything by the book. Ugh. Secondly, your ship is being held hostage. Go back to the brig. Doesn't make any sense. And okay, so they build up this this galactic barrier thing, which makes sense. Mm-hmm. The, the center of the galaxy is probably some. I mean, we don't know. And they, like, they establish in the series does, too I, that the that the edge yeah. of the galaxy has that big galactic barrier around it that you can't get past. So yeah. therefore, it makes sense that in the center of the galaxy there would be a sure. similar thing. And they established that okay, ships and probes have been sent there and never come back. Like yep. it's a big deal. It's scary. And then they just cross it. Yep. And then it's the bird broken enterprise that just crosses it. Scotty is running around and, and can't fix. Uh, that yep. one just yeah, it's it not just even, sails it's not even no the problem. full capacity. Yep. And then the Klingons, who have you know, because they're Klingons, they don't have as good a ship. They nope, sh- right on through. And they don't have any foreknowledge of how dangerous it is. They just yeah, they're just following. There we go. And their captain is an idiot. Yeah. Who, who looks like an extra from a Motley Crue video? Yes. Well, yeah, they, they make such a... And if they hadn't mentioned it in the story, it wouldn't matter. We're we're not holding, like, some obscure piece of Trek trivia against this movie. No. We're holding its own logic against it. No, they make a big deal out of go- crossing... Yeah. Uh, the bar- you want to go through the barrier? You're going the barrier. Ooh, the barrier. The barrier. Ooh, oh, no. Barrier's Arnie. naked. Yeah. <laughs> well, they're all saying the barrier. <laughs> Just awful. Yeah, and then and then you get to God. Which is a giant face who's rear projected and looking in the wrong direction and wants their ship. For no reason other than he wants no. to leave. And again, if we'd gotten some kind of backstory, what he was, like if he's a bad guy who'd been exiled there or something, that would have been okay. Nothing. It's like nope, just nope, here's God. He's a dick. It's like Kirk yep. makes this big deal out of, you know, what does God need with a starship? But they never answer that. It's like, what's nope. his plan? What's he doing? No one fucking knows. There is a great sort of cheesy Kirk line, which isn't meant to be taken this way, but is kind of fun, where, where God says, who is this? And, and uh, Kirk says, don't you know? Like, and, you know. Why they, wouldn't they, God it, know who I am? Yes. Everyone knows who I am. I'm Jim motherfucking Kirk. Sorry. Oh, and then there's a bit near the end where, um, uh, oh, Spock is trying to convince the Klingon ambassador to, uh, to do their stupid plan. Mm-hmm. To uh, to shame the the stupid captain of the other stupid thing, and uh, and he says, "Damn you, sir! You will try." Ugh. Like, okay, there's a point in this movie where his best friend almost plummets to his death. There's a point in this movie where he's got a rifle pointed at the chest of his brother, mm-hmm. and this is the point where he says, "Damn you!" Yeah. Like nothing else stirs an emotional response out of this largely unemotional character. Yep. Now it's time for an emotional this- euphemism. Yeah, I guess. 
I don't know. There's just so many other points where I could see him losing it, but mm-hmm. not there. Damn you! Now, there is that bit where he's got the, I don't know, phaser rifle, I guess? It looks like a musket, but I no, guess it's a phaser it's, rifle. It's the rock gun. Yeah, they oh, shoot, right, they right, shoot right, rocks. Right, right, of course. So the slingshot. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> pointed at uh, Cybok's chest. And Shatner's got the great, you know, shoot him! And uh, he just he just backs down. He just wusses out. Mm-hmm. That just it, it doesn't, there's so many points in the series where Spock is just treated as this horrible, cold, emotionless robot because he makes the tough choices and kills people yep. when when necessary. And here he backs down. That just I don't buy. Yeah, it. Yeah, Spock is better than that. Yeah, he is. And then okay, pick a side. Either be on Cybok's side or be on Kirk's side. But then he's like, no, I belong with my friends. Well, what was the point? Then, then? what the fuck did you pick to? Yeah. That's the thing. A little, a little consistency. Either, either sell out or be loyal. But you can't be both. Mm-hmm. It doesn't make yeah, sense. It's... That's Dude, the thing. No he never words. He he no. never he never like explicitly joined Cyborg, which you know might have resulted no. in a better movie. But like he never does anything to help the friends. He just sort of is sad in the background. Yeah, and that is the one thing Spock you know is known yeah. for is his intense loyalty. Yes. Like, that's his, you know, yes, he's, a, you know, logical, whatever, but that, that's all of them. Mm-hmm. And he's clearly loyal to Kirk. He's not loyal to his brother because he doesn't even bother mentioning that he has one until they, after they get captured. Yeah. And they make a mention of that. The, Kirk's like, why didn't you tell me? I'm like, I didn't think it would be prudent. You, blah, 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 blah. you never asked, but, basically. But there was an earlier scene where he says, this guy is a spiritual leader. He was an outcast. I knew that him. That would have been the prime opportunity to bring it up. Yep. We but, we shared a playpen for a while. Yeah, but no, we have to leave it until later so we can have the stupid who's on first scene. Ugh. But he's my brother. I understand he's a Vulcan. No, he is my brother. Really? You didn't know? He's my brother-in-law. Wait, your brother? Tobias. No. Yeah. <laughs> hey, anyway. brother. Um, <laughs> I will say that, and we said this before, that DeForest Kelly was as, you know... <laughs> The Shining, like his, he wasn't written out of character. Nope. Bones wasn't. DeForest Kelly carried all the terrible comedy they gave him pretty well. Yep, his big stupid uh, shitting and grin. Yeah, and yeah, which which was appropriate a lot of the time. Yep. And as as one of you pointed out, um, which backs up Matt's continuing theory that that uh, Bones is Mister uh, Furley. He's got a great flowery kerchief around his neck. Yep. In the in the camping scene. Yep. I just think Fashion like. Maven, Litter McCoy. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, and, and then my theory is that he's literally a pimp. Like, I, <laughs> not not in the colloquial sense that, you know, he's cool, but in the actual sense that he has a stable of prostitutes working for him. Don't you get it? He's wearing a pinky Don't ring. you get it, Spock, you green-blooded hobgoblin? You gotta keep your pimp hands strong. <laughs> <laughs> That's the point of a pinky ring, isn't it? To, you know, sort of like a brass knuckle. Yeah. I thought. Ugh. I learned so, something new about pimping today. Yeah, sure is. <laughs> we all easy. learned a little something about pimping today. And see, it comes it comes from the least likely of sources. Who would ever expect that I was the pimp master? <laughs> the pimp master general. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> well, when C. Everett Coop retired. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Christ. Um. 
Yeah, I keep... See, typically this is the point where yeah. I say, okay, let's focus on the movie, but I don't want to. <laughs> no, as evidenced movie. by the fact that we keep on getting sidetracked. Let's just, just, let's just make tangential movie. jokes for the next 20 yep. minutes. And Whistle Mario. Here, I'll do the bass part. See, that's better than the row, row, row your boat thing. <laughs> now you're in a different game now. This no, it was in the. Uh, that's what they use that in subspace. Oh yeah, oh, yeah you did. Subspace. Did. Yeah, when you uh, would throw the potion at the wall, and then you would go into like black and blue world and get coins. Oh yeah, okay. That was right. subspace. It was also oh. how Bowser got around in the cartoon. <laughs> It's also how the Enterprise sends messages uh, faster than light. This concludes so. this installment of the Mushroom Kingdom horror. <laughs> um, there's a bit where the Klingons are speaking Klingon to each other, which good when you cut to their ship and there's no humans, they should be. Um, and they say something is so and so many Kellicams away, mm. and the Klingon for Kellicam is not Kellicam. No, it's Miles but, for some reason. But, yeah, like what? What? Isn't that the whole point of? Coming up with a weird new measure it's is actually it's, it's theirs. Yeah. Ugh. I, I mean, I'm, I'm going through my notes trying to find anything of vague interest. Yeah. Otherwise, it's going to be us screaming fuck. There was that scene where there was only one set of footprints because Spock was carrying Kirk. <laughs> with his rocket boots. The rocket boots should have been kind of cool, but uh, even then, the effect was just terrible. The rocket boots were actually done better in the Mario Brothers movie, and you will never hear me say that sentence ever again. Bum, 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 How does bum, this keep bum, coming bum, back to bum, Mario? Bum, I don't... Bum, 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 bum. All right, stop that. <laughs> All right, anything else? Seriously? Like, I, I'm i kind of circling the drain here. Yeah, I'm like going down my list right now, and I got nothing. Yeah. We've pointed out all the major things, which is just, seriously, it's not an unfair judgment that, that fans say this is a bad movie. It's not just we're holding one thing against it. As a whole, every part of this movie was a disaster. Um, I do have this one, and I've, I've told this story before, and I apologize for the, the self-indulgence here, but this story bears repeating one more time. Um, I'm, I had a, a uh, an appearance in Entertainment Weekly magazine in uh, 1995. There was a, They did a story about anonymity on the internet and, and so forth and I was in a Star Trek chat room it was actually where I met uh, our voice guy Dave the Star Trek chat room on, IO, on AOL but um, Shatner was there claiming he was Shatner and nobody believed him and EW thought it would be a funny story to write about how nobody believed him and I ha I ended up in the mag which was great and um, there's there's I, I said okay if you really are Shatner then tell me this Star Trek 5 what were you thinking mm -hmm. And his answer was blind panic. I was hoping someone knew what they were doing. And as far as I know, this was the first time he officially acknowledged that this movie was a mistake and stopped defending it. I think I'm the person who got him to admit you that. Broke so him. I'm going to take credit for that. So the, you're welcome, in, uh, everybody. It's in Entertainment Weekly from 19, October 1995. I don't remember the the exact date, but uh, but it did happen. It did. I, I did officially call Shatner out for this movie being terrible, and he admitted, "Yeah, it's it's pretty bad." So I'm pretty proud of that. Well, it's what you should be. Yes. So that happened. Um, all right. I found two more points that we brought up a couple times. Um, there's okay, when the right. Klingons shoot the transporters, which are inside <laughs> the ship somehow. Yeah. They get yeah, they it shoot right at the, the ship and then. Yep. No, there's no hull breach. It just hits the pad somehow. Yep. Yeah. 
no sense whatsoever. And um, they had the big stupid ship's wheel in front of the window. And um, I just really hope that late at night when it's dark and no one's around, Sulu's just standing there, you know, staring out into space, ever vigilant, facing forward, arms like crossed behind him, like very, you know, keeping watch over mm-hmm. the ship, uh, bringing himself back to an earlier time. And then he just, you know, quick little look to the left, quick little look to the right, and then just spins the wheel as fast as he can, going, Wee! <laughs> See, I actually, I like that, the, the wheel there. Like, they, they used it no, too much. It was stupid. way too center stage. Yep. But I, as a as a background thing, I kind of like that, because we've established that Kirk has its soft spot for all that old-timey nautical stuff. There, yeah, there's more, there's like a compass and stuff in the background, and it just yeah. looks Nautical stupid. nonsense is telescope. Pushes. It just, it shouldn't have been center stage. Nautical nonsense the is the whole... name of Kirk's cover band. <laughs> <laughs> you have to say what kind of cover band it is. That's the only way that It's works. a future band that we haven't, ah. you know, come up with yet. Yeah. <laughs> All right. It's this Captain and Tennille now, cover band. Thank you. you. Now, the, the thing is, all that stuff would have looked fine as sort of background stuff, but really, for the whole third act of the movie, it's just center stage. Like, you can't stop looking at that wheel. It's just there. It's it probably gets more screen time than Sulu. Yep. Hum- no, it definitely does. Fair. It certainly takes center stage more than he does. Yeah, not fair. All right, uh, Matt, you got anything else? Are you ready to? No, let's just get on, get this over with. To press forward. All right, my my quote. I went with the the obvious, but it's it is one of the only funny bits in here where um they're on the campfire, uh, the, the Kirk Spock and Bones, uh, and they sing, which I actually think is kind of fun. Row, row, row your boat gently down the stream. Merrily, 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 lightly down the stream. Merrily, 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 light. Come on, Spark. Why didn't you jump in? I was trying to comprehend the meaning of the words. It's a song, you green-blooded Vulcan. You sing it. The words aren't important. What's important is that you have a good time singing it. Oh, I am sorry, Doctor. We'll be having a good time. All right, Matt, what do you got? I went with the uh, uh, Sulu's only scene where him and uh, Chekhov are lost in the woods, which I actually thought was pretty funny. Commander Sulu here. Bad news, gentlemen. Shirley's been canceled. Rescued at last. Return to prearranged coordinates for pickup. Don't tell them you're lost. You'll never leave it down. Is there a problem, gentlemen? Um, yes, um, we've been caught in a, we've been caught in a blizzard. And we can't see a thing. Request you direct us to the coordinates. My visual says, sunny skies and 70 degrees. Sulu, look, the sun's come out. It's a miracle. Don't worry, fellas, your secret's safe with me. Stupid, but funny. I see that made me groan. I did not care for that, and I don't buy that Sulu hangs out with Chekhov in his off time. No, think, uh, for some reason, I think Shatner got lazy. And, I like, think Chekhov wants to hang out with Sulu all the time. Yeah, oh, yeah like, I agree. Um, no, cool I'm busy. I, Look, I've got lots to do. By this point, he has a daughter because you know she's like twenty or something oh, in generation, so she's got to be born by this yep. point. I, I that I don't know. I don't know where she came from, but uh, but she's got to be alive at this point. So he should be spending his leave, you know, there, mm-hmm. and not uh, blowing with Chekhov. But <laughs> somebody had to make that joke, and I'm disappointed that you did. I'm sorry. What? 
Flonk, what do you got? Uh, the most interesting thing I heard while I was watching this movie was from the other room, my roommate shouting at her girlfriend, stop trying to push your bisexual agenda on everybody. <laughs> That's not a quote but from the actual movie. Sadly, Flonk, I wasn't recording, from... so we can't put no. that in here. Um, I went with the obvious one, but it really just sums up the movie perfectly. So, Excuse me, I'd just like to ask a question. What does God need with a starship? It does, and, and apart from the fan dance, that's the other thing everyone remembers. Everyone, that line sticks in people's Yeah, cross. and it, it's just, it's, it, yeah, yeah no. exactly, like, there's nothing to say about it. It, it speaks for itself. No. Yeah, it does. Uh, God. I will say, I'm really glad that they gave it one more shot. Like, they were ready to pack it in at this point and say, that's yep. it. Yeah. You know what? This sucked, and we had final in the title. That means it's the last one. Mm-hmm. We're done. And someone, I don't know who decided, we need to do a little research on that to figure out who decided. No, no, no. We can't go out like that. We've got to do one more. I think by, I, that, by the time Next Generation started to get good, then they realized they probably mm-hmm. had one more in them. Yeah, because at this point, they would have been in Next Gen Season 2-ish. Yeah. And then by yeah, yeah, six, like the end of Season, season one. 4 or 5. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just, so I'm just glad that our last shot of the original bridge crew wasn't fucking, like, them singing Row, Row, Row Your Boat. Yeah. Alright, my alternate title was Star Trek V, Breaking the Streak. Matt? Uh, My alternate title was Star Trek V. I just went with shit my Trek said. (laughs) Is that show still on, by the way? I don't think so. Because there was that point last season where it was doing better than 30 Rock, and we were all really disturbed, but I don't know if... uh, yeah, I don't know if like it continued to do well enough to be renewed. I think it was what. the Baby Bob thing, where like everyone showed up for the first couple episodes and then realized it was terrible uh, and went away. Oh, wow, did you just make a Baby Bob reference? Jesus. Yeah, I did. See, I, I think Shatner, uh, I don't know. People have this wonderful, ironic love of him. Like He's got another album coming out. Either it's coming out or it's out now. We've talked about this before. Where he's covering really obvious songs like... Um, Iron Man and like everything that's sort of vaguely sci-fi related, like an entire album of uh, walking on the moon, like just terrible, terrible songs. I liked him better when he didn't get the joke when he did the transformed man in 68 or whatever it was, you know, with Lucy in the sky with diamonds and Mr. Tambourine man. I think he thought he was doing serious art. I like that better. Eh, Common people is a kick-ass song. I don't care. Uh, I liked it. Okay. I just, I think it's, Look, look, it's William Shatner, huh? Uh, get it? Like, that just... It's it's too pandery to me. I like it better when he doesn't understand that he's a joke. Once he became aware of it, that was... Uh, that, that it Once he realized the sad little man he was. Yes, and embraced that and, and made a career out of that. That's been the, the latest, you know, leg of his career, is uh, embracing the irony and uh, cashing in on it. Yep. Which is well, I mean, sad. the man's had, like, three hit TV shows. I mean, uh, can't take true. that away from we, him as much as no, we'd want to. Well, I'd like to take this movie away from him. You can't. It's his. Yeah, I know. All right. A uh, couple couple bits of uh, quick Star Trek news that uh, I, I don't think... Yeah, exactly. No, they finally announced that Next Gen is coming out on Blu-ray for sure. Yep. Um, which I thought, you know, doesn't, we don't need to do a whole show about that, but I thought we should just mention it while it's still kind of new and relevant. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll give you a link to that. Um, they're putting out like a sampler disc of, I think, four episodes that they've remastered just to show you what they're, what they're up to. And then I think by the end of next year, they're going to put out season one. So, uh, so that's finally happening. 
Um, Bob was explaining this to me, our, our pal Bob, who's been on the show before. He does TV production. The way they did that show, it's going to be a lot more labor-intensive for them to redo the effects. They, they can't just, I guess, put better effects over top of the old ones. They have to take everything apart well, and put the effects in and re-edit it after the fact or something. As so. I understand what they're doing is they're going to the original, original, original tapes and right, like the then they're going to re-edit it the way it used to be. Yeah, apparently it was shot on film and then edited on video. Yeah. And because you lose quality when you do that, you have to go back to the original film, like you say, and, you know, make sure you pick all the same cuts. And, and then that the also means that they have to put in new effects and everything because right. they don't exist. Yeah, and if they do a good, you know, a good as good a job as they did on the original series, I think we're in for a treat because, you know, again, if they could stay with the original designs but do something a little yeah, just, nicer yeah. looking. Like, you know, a lot of those early ships were cool ideas. They just couldn't pull them off. Just yeah. the, the shot of that ship and of the of the Enterprise in that promo reel is just gorgeous. I actually haven't seen it yet, but I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I would it's love not, to it see, just, you know, It just shows, like, it shows, like, Picard staying there and then, you know, engage. And mm-hmm. then it shows the, the scene from the end of the opening credits of the Enterprise, like, coming in mm-hmm. the camera and then going to warp. And it just looked beautiful. Well, I'm really looking forward to that. I, I really would like to see the, you know, like, there was... That was the thing about DS9 is once they had good CG, they could do big battles. Yeah. I would love to see them go back and like, like the Borg invasion should be, there should be more ships there. Mm-hmm. It shouldn't be like three. three ships getting destroyed and that's it. Like hopefully they'll show like a whole fleet for a couple of minutes, mm. you know, like that'll be nice. So I'm, lo- I'm looking forward to that. Um, what else? I thought there was another bit of like, I thought there was a bunch of Star Trek stuff. Going uh, on this those comics just came out. Blank. Yeah, that's, that's the other yeah. thing. Thank you. Um, Matt, you've actually read it, so maybe you should. I did. I thought it was an excellent uh, sort of follow up to the the new series. It's an adaptation. It's an adaptation of uh, of uh, where no man has gone before. Right, the first pilot that they did with Kirk. Yeah, they actually sort of set up more how Kirk. That's a Star knows. Trek saying. I had no idea because no. it wasn't in this movie at all. <laughs> no, there was no arrow telling me where it was. <laughs> no, they actually uh, set up how Kirk knows Gary Mitchell. Oh, um, nice. uh, the the neat thing. Uh, and they might change this because it's only the first issue, but like, they're they're they, the the woman from uh, uh, where no man has gone before, whose name I don't remember now, um, uh-huh. isn't in it. And they make a point of saying she got transferred due to something that happened in the movie. Oh, nice. Yeah, no, it'd be nice to see. Like, That's I don't cool. just want to see retelling. No, like, like they're they actually should... drawing it, like saying, well, stuff's different now, so things aren't working yep. quite the same way. Yeah, yeah. and as. As time goes on, things will get further and further hmm. away from the, what initially happened, which is nice. I saw um, in the uh, in the I read the preview pages, and they said that Gary Mitchell was uh, Chekhov's um, re- relief officer. Then that's why Chekhov isn't around for most of it, and Gary Mitchell is. Yeah, that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. I and, and we were talking uh, before the movie that um, it would be cool if they'd go back and like redo maybe episodes that had good ideas but didn't quite work. Yeah, like, like if they could. Take, uh, well, uh, Flunk's example was Turnabout Intruder, for instance, mm, something I like that. I maybe there's really want to see Space Lincoln flying around in front of the, uh, <laughs> in front of the new Yeah, but if you could do it well, then that would, you know, that'd be great. So those, uh, check those out. Um, I have the issue, I just haven't read yeah. it yet, but Matt tells me it's good, and he, that guy usually knows comics, so Thank you. we should listen to him. All right, that is all for us. We have, uh, two more movies to go, six, and then, uh, fake Star Trek, and then we will... Jump into next gen. Yep. So uh, the worst of it is behind us, at least. Right. Season one of next gen is rough, but it's not going to be this bad, nope. I don't think. Mm, some of it we'll is. We'll at least have new stuff to make fun of. That's true. 
We can get a lot of mileage out of data jokes before they get old. So. <laughs> Nothing else. That'll be fine. Yep. And Riker putting his leg up and so forth. Leg up Riker. So. <laughs> Look forward to that. All right, Flunk, uh, I can't believe this is the first time we've had you on, but it's yeah. definitely a pleasure. We'll have you back. Hooray. And, um, yeah, this is fun. Thanks for having me. Mr. Matt, take us out. Hey, folks. The Post-Atomic Horror Podcast is a co-production of Ron Algar Watt and Matt Robotham. Copyright 2011. Please don't sue us. We're just doing this for fun.